Good Love evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. This is Clarissa with Let's Just Talk Radio, and tonight's show is Veteran Talk. And the reason that this show is titled Veteran Talk is I am in a wonderful veteran group, veterans group on Facebook, and I have read so many stories and so many posts about military veterans as well as their families who are suffering, who are having all sorts of issues with getting the proper care in order to help them become healthy again. And so I wanted to do a show dedicated to Again, my fellow veterans, as well as their families, and if you know of anyone who would benefit by calling in and just having a means of talking and venting, please let them know that they could go to blogtalkradio.com and look for Let's Just Talk Radio Show. The Call-in number is area code 646-668-2499. I know as veterans how difficult it is to share our stories. I've been out of the military, out of the Navy since February of 1990, and I got out of the Navy for, I I would say, very devastating reasons. And during the time I was in, the, the service and, and opportunities that veterans have now, I would call it the post-9-11 veterans, although a lot of those veterans are suffering there are veterans prior to that time who are suffering from incidences that we did not get care for. We're just now getting the care that we need in order to be on the road to healing and recovery. However, the VA system is, I know, Many of the leadership in in the VA system is they're trying very hard to fix a broken system, but as all of us already know, it's quite difficult to repair a system that has been broken into millions and millions of pieces, and you can only put those pieces together one piece at a time, and it's going to take a while. In the meantime, we have one another. We veterans have one another. The family members who also suffer, I know there are support groups out there and and so forth that you can reach out to. And I, it's it's just, you know, for me, I live, I live alone and I, it took me a while to admit to myself that, not to admit to myself, I had already admitted to myself that I, I was suffering. What was difficult was when I did try to reach out to get help, that help was not there for me, which also meant the, that help was not there for my fed, fed, um, fellow veterans. And so let, let me just share with you, let me just, you know, share with you um, um, a situation that happened to me while I was on active duty. Um, but before I moved there, I, I want to provide the Veterans Crisis Line number, it's 800-273-8255. 
option one. If you're in serious crisis, if your family member who is a veteran is in serious crisis, if your active duty or reserve or guard family member is in crisis, call 800-273-8255, option one. There are people available to talk to you 24-7, as well as if you go to veteranscrisisline.net, you can also chat with them online. So I strongly encourage you all to reach out to that hotline because those individuals are wonderful. They're there to help, and they are available to you 24-7. Okay, so back to my story. It was my last duty station in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was stationed on the USS Alamogordo. I was I was an electrician's mate, and I was one of three female electricians assigned to our shop. And of course, during the time that I was in, it was it was very sexist. It, it was. However, I did not let that deter me from doing my job. I was there to do my job. I loved being in the military. My goal was to make the Navy my career. I wanted to retire from the Navy. I during my during my time on the USS Alamogordo, there was an I seaman on the ship. And that I seaman name is Troy Best or was. I don't know if he's in the Navy anymore, but his you know, his name was I C I I C two Best. So Troy Best. And I was a single mom going through divorce with three small children and I needed a babysitter. Troy Best, Petty Officer Best told me that his wife was a stay-at-home mom and that she was a babysitter. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, so I started taking my children over and she would babysit my kids. Well, while on the ship, Troy Best would um, make passes at me and I wasn't by any means attracted to him. Um, One, because he was married. Two, because he was unattractive to me, and three, I just wasn't interested. Nonetheless, that did not deter him from harassing me on the ship. I began to note those incidences in a little green book that I carried in my front pocket because I learned early on in my Navy career in order to If you're going to file a complaint or anything like that, you had to have your ducks in a row. So I did the date, the time, location, color, smell, whatever was necessary, all the descriptive so that when I took my complaint to the commanding officer, it would be very detailed and no one could argue with me about what had happened. Well, this went on for several months. I became so uncomfortable with it that I in, I decided that it was in my best interest, my children's best interest, that I find a new babysitter. I gave a two-week notice to his wife that I was going to be moving my children on base because they lived off base. And, and I just said, you know, it's just easier for me to drive my kids on base than to um, take them off base. So I I did that. Well, within a few days, I started getting harassing calls in my home from his wife 
threatening my life, and, and I was kind of confused as to why that was happening, and I had a conversation with her uh, briefly and be on the phone, and she would not let me get a word in edgewise, really, and she started to tell me that I needed to stop sexually harassing her husband on the ship, and I tried to clarify to her that that was not the case, but of course that she, of course she was not hearing that. Okay. Well, months go by. The harassment from from Troy Best escalated on the ship. He began to touch me, and I began to um, complain to the XO and the C the CO, and they did nothing. They didn't talk to him. You know, I even requested that they called both of us into the office so that we could resolve the, the situation because I believe that it was going to escalate out of control and nothing was done. So it kept going on and on, the harassing calls, and then um, his wife showed up to my house with one of her best friends with knives and tried to break into my house and was threatening to kill me. I reported that to, well, that night I called the base police because I lived on base, and I called the base police. They came over, and, of course, at that by that time, Troy's wife, Stacy, and her friend had left. The police officers arrived, and my phone started ringing. And one of the officers picked up the phone, and he didn't say anything, and she, he, he heard her talk about how she was going to slit my throat and then the throats of my three children. The base police, I asked them to write a report so that I could turn it into my commanding officer as proof, and believe it or not, when the, the, the officer said that he would do so, and it would be ready in seven days. When I went to pick up the report, they did not have a record of the police officer showing up to my house, and I was told that no such call was made. Now, I called 911, and they lost, quote-unquote, my emergency call. I then went back again uh, when that when that incident happened. I did go the next day and report to my CO and my XO what had happened, and I I made them very aware that I was very concerned for the safety of myself and my children, and that I was not going to stand by and wait for someone to harm me and my family, and nothing was done. Okay, fast forward to about six months. So this this is almost no seven eight months. I'm out off the base, grocery shopping with my children. I made a quick stop to pick up some seafood, and next thing I know, there are two people attacking me. It was Troy Best and his wife. She hit me in the face with a sock filled with quarters, and I was bleeding profusely, um, you know, uh, just all over. My, my T-shirt I had on this Jetson, my favorite T-shirt was a Jetson's T-shirt. It was blood red. It was soaked with blood. My children were screaming. I had to jump out of the car and fight for my life. I finally was able to fight them off. And, you know, the angels in heaven, God must have been looking out for me because two of my shipmates, Brown and um, Alario, were there. And they they um, got me and called the ambulance, and I was taken to civilian hospital ER. The record, you know, the um, police had come to take a report. And when I asked them to file charges. When I went to file charges, I was told that because it was 
I was active duty military and he was active duty military that I had to deal with that on base. When I mentioned that it was his wife who had hit me with the socks, I was told that because she was a military dependent, it was a military issue. Okay. I go back to my commanding officer and my commanding officer tells me there was nothing he could do because it was the crime was committed, the assault was committed off base, therefore it was a civilian issue. And you're correct if you're thinking BS, but also I did not receive any help because neither party wanted to help me. And he best continued to harass me and attack me again on the ship, and I fought back. I fought back. I was I was so traumatized that when he when I went down to um, the chow hall to get lunch, he grabbed me by my face and slammed my head into the wall, and I picked up a butter knife. Thank God it was a butter knife. And I ran that knife from ear to ear, from his ear to the other ear. If it had been another knife, I would have beheaded him and would have been serving time or on death row right now in some South Carolina prison. But all of that happened to me. Even though I reported to the proper authorities in the chain of command, and from that moment forward, I never felt safe. I had nightmares. I I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't go out in public. To this to to this very day, I don't sit with my back to the door because I'm afraid someone's going to walk up behind me and hurt me. And yes, I've been through years of therapy, and that's another story you know, going through a 12-week program and then you're supposed to be cured. That's not how it works. Not for me anyway. It doesn't work that way for me, you know. But going back to the USS Almagrotto, because I defended myself from Troy Beth, I was sent to Captain's Mass, which is a many court martial martial hearing. You know, I did, you know, I I came out of that unscathed as far as rank and and all of that, and I still got an honorable discharge, but I lost my career. I was the one who was attacked. I was the one who was harassed for nine months, sexually harassed for nine months. I was the one who was stalked for nine months. I was the one who was physically abused for nine months. And I lost my Navy career. And I received no help. And so when I was forced out of the Navy in February of 1990, I kept all of that to myself because I had nowhere to go. Even when I went to the VA hospital, they had no clinics for women at the time. So when I went to for help, I had to see a male doctor, and I was con- constantly told, "Oh, that didn't happen," or "You you you'll get over it, suck it up." And there were no facilities for me to there. There were no women doctors at the time available to me. There were a few at the hospital, but there just weren't enough. And I had and. Just recently, a couple of years ago, when I was going to a small group, I was it was recommended, strongly recommended, that I attend small group therapy sessions here in the Chicago area. And I made it very clear that I did not feel comfortable in a room with just men. Guess what? I was the only female veteran in a room with one door, one way in and one way out, and it was all men. And I started to hyperventilate, and I started to panic, and I had my I had an anxiety attack, 
And I got up and I walked out. And the doctor, which was a, a female doctor, psychiatrist, she comes after me and asks me, you know, where was I going? And I said, do you not understand? Did you not read my chart? I cannot do this in an enclosed room with a bunch of men because I was attacked by a man and, and his wife. But I was harassed for nine months by this man. And you now want me to sit in a room with other men and talk about being sexually harassed. And I never went back. I never went back. And, yes, I'm still dealing with some of those issues. I'm working through those. I'm, I'm trying to manage those. I've found, I've found other outlets through my art and my writing and other other ways, riding my bike and so forth. But I do know that I have to find some other means, professional means, with a with a physician to work through these things. But I at at this point in time, I just don't feel comfortable. Now as encouragement for my, my fellow um veterans um, out there who are suffering in silence, I want to let you know that you're not alone. And, and I know you hear this all the time. I know you hear this all the time. You are not alone. I'm telling you, you're not alone. I, I, like, I know you probably sit at home in a room by yourself, you know, by yourself, but you are not alone. I'm here. You can find me on Facebook. If you look up, if you just type in Queen of the Pen book, you will find Clarissa Burton. You'll find me out there. I have, there's, there's so many groups on Facebook who are phenomenal, and they have been such a relief and comfort and support for us veterans to engage with one another. And and again, don't forget if if you are thinking of suicide or you just really really need someone to talk and you don't want the whole world to know about it, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255. You can talk with the person or just chat if you don't want to verbally talk. They have a chat room where you can talk. And also on this show, you can chat with me. I will answer your questions. Your name, you don't have to use your name. But I know in order for us to get past this psychological, emotional stalemate, we have to do something different than what we've been doing before. We we cannot wait on the VA to get its stuff together. I've been a part of that system for since 1992. And some of you out there have been a part of that, the VA system longer. And some of you are just starting. All I can say is everything takes time. However, there are some of some veterans out there Time is not on their side, so we have to provide them every opportunity to to engage with us because I lost a dear friend a year ago, February the 6th, suicide because of PTSD. I'm on Facebook, and I'm reading all the stories of veterans leaving us due to their struggles with PTSD and, and some are, are leaving us because of addictions and, and, and so forth. But the majority is because of PTSD and depression and, and so forth. That should not be happening. Oh, there were times when I felt so bad, 
because I, I just felt empty. I felt alone. And I was in, the, in a room filled with people, but I felt so alone because I was the only military veteran in the group. No one else there served this country. Some of them may have had relatives who served, but they didn't understand my my situation. And yes, they they would share. Oh, you know, thank you for your service, and so forth. And, and sometimes it's, that's uh, it's great to hear, but the majority of the time, that's not what I want to hear. There are so many times. I don't even talk about my military service. People people don't even, uh, there are years people didn't even know I was in the military because I had learned over time that when someone would say, thank you for your service, that was all that was left. It was nothing more than that because, one, they didn't really know how to relate to me. I could share my story with them all day long, but they wouldn't know how to the reactions that I received was more of, oh, boy, what do I do now? Or maybe I just shouldn't talk about it. Or, I mean, that person would, pro, you know, they, they wouldn't know how to respond to me. So I just stopped talking about my military service. And, again, I felt all alone in a room filled with people. So let me share with you some of of my outlets. I have two major outlets that that helped me. One was a wonderful program at Heinz VA Hospital. It's called Art Therapy. Art Therapy literally saved me because I was spiraling spiraling downhill quickly, and I I was out of control. I mean, I I don't do drugs and. I don't drink but wine every once in a while, but emotionally I was empty. I, I didn't have anything left in me. I didn't want to be around people. I just wanted to stay in my room. I didn't eat. I barely slept. And I would just get up, take a shower, put my PJs back on, and get back in bed. That's as, that's as much energy as I had to get through my day. And one day I knew, I said, I got to do, I, I got to get out of here. And thank God I didn't drink. And thank God I didn't do drugs. Because I can tell you that if I had any dependencies, probably wouldn't be here today. Because depression is, 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 is a monster. It's a monster. It, it puts you in a, a state of mind that you just can't imagine. And, and for veterans who are suffering from PTSD, and and that's a hard place to be. It's a it's a difficult place to stay in, and then just it's like being dropped in a twenty foot hole that's muddy, and you're trying to climb out of it, and you just keep slipping down and down. You know, and and so anyway, I you know I what helped me climb out of that deep depression was art therapy at the Heinz VA, and I didn't start that until I start creating art until I was fifty. That was four years ago, and I tell you what, that program for me helped me just get so much out of my head onto canvas. And the more I painted, the more I created, the more I was able to finally begin to verbally talk about the issues that have been plaguing me for decades. I'm not saying it works for it would work for everybody, but I'll tell you what, I was in a room with 10 other veterans and they all and I see them off and on now and we talk about how our therapy was part of our saving grace 
I want veterans to know that you truly are not alone. I will offer this show every Sunday night for you all to tell your stories, to vent, to cuss, to get angry, to rejoice, to honor. This is our time. We have the technology and the means to get our stories told. And for those who are family members of veterans who have suffered, who are who decided that this their pain was too much to bear and they've checked out. For those family members, this is an offer offering to you as well. Call in, write me, do whatever you need to do, share your stories. You can come on the show and talk about how you feel, you know, how you've had to bear the burden of taking care of a veteran who's suffering. Because a lot of times your your family members, spouses especially, and children of veterans or active duty military and guard and reservists, you suffer, and most of the attention is just on the veteran. And we veterans tend to forget about you. You're not forgotten. You are not forgotten. You are our strength, and we want to be your strength. A lot of burdens are put upon you, the, the, the wife of a veteran, the husband of a veteran, the child of a veteran. Caregivers and even parents who have to take care of veterans who have have been physically hurt and you're taking care of that veteran, this is your your means or avenue of letting the world know where you stand. You're 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 not I don't want you to suffer in silence. It took me too long to finally trust enough to start talking about my story because I was the, I was always told I was the strong one. You're stronger than that. You can handle that. You know, you, you should be over it by now. You know, it's it's not as bad as you make it seem. I'm sure many of you have heard those very, you've heard those less than helpful statements. Um, I do do know one thing that um, many veterans deal with or they're concerned with, that if, you start talking about being depressed, having PTSD, that society will begin to label you, that society will begin to think you're weak, unemployable, that people will be afraid of us. And and we're not looking for sympathy. We're not looking for pity. We're looking for people to have empathy and compassion and understanding of our circumstances. Well, I I know it it will be very difficult for some people to understand what we veterans have gone through, but even my situation is not the same as another veteran's situation. Our connection is that we are military veterans, that we work in an environment, in a contained environment. The rules are totally different than rules that civilians have to live by. 
And you would think, because I've been asked, you know, wow, you've been out since 1990, how come you haven't gotten over it yet? Well, this is how it works. It's hard to get over something that you have not had an opportunity to deal with. And now I'm going to go to a, a caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. This, this is Clarissa. I'm the one. Hi, Clarissa. I'm the one who um, started going viral with a missing veteran. His name is Nick St. Francis or Nick St. Vincent. Yes. 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 So I just wanted to let your listeners know, you know, we haven't found him yet. We are desperately looking. If you guys have any information or if you're in the Portland area, some flyers, um, pictures, anything you guys can do. If you see him, let us know. We served together at Fort Jackson, and uh, very unfortunate. He was stationed at a place called PTRP. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you're familiar with that. But um, no. he has suffered traumatic. Oh, I'll, I'll spare your show, but the conditions were deplorable. There was grass in the ceiling. He had multiple leg surgeries. He was a, he's a wounded veteran, and you know we're just trying to find him. Anything we can do. His name's Nicholas Saint Vincent. He was last seen in the Portland area six months ago at a veteran's hospital. Mm-hmm. He's hospitalized for a week. Uh, there is a missing persons out filed by his mother, and you guys can get her mm-hmm. number off of my Facebook, out of Eugene, mm-hmm. and he just, he needs help. He has a drug problem and severe mental illness. You know, I would say if you find him, don't confront him and corner him. Maybe just kind of buy mm-hmm. him some food and talk to him because he's paranoid. Mm-hmm. And okay. if he just needs help. We, uh, we need to okay. come together as a coalition of veterans and just help this one veteran. We're battle buddies for life. Yes. And uh, and he needs it more than anything. Our presumption is, you know, he's on the streets of Portland and mm-hmm. doing drugs, but he has a full honorable discharge, every benefit from the VA imaginable available to him. He can get into any treatment center. He just needs the guidance. He needs all of us to come together and show him, you know, we love you, we care about you, we want to make sure we find yeah. you, and, you know, that you're okay. Let's that he's okay. Okay, and and thank you, um, thank you so much for calling in because it's it's very important that we get type of information out in every um, way that we can. Um, I, I I read the post and and my heart just sank because to for him to be out there more than. Uh, what seven months, you know, and no one has heard from him is it, very, um, you know, scary and concerning. We're very concerned um, about, you know, mm-hmm. is he okay? Did he travel to another county? Did he travel outside of Oregon? You know, we just need mm-hmm. to know he's okay. Most of his family, you know, they want to get him committed. And the Coalition of Battle Buddies, that's, that's not what we're trying to do. We just want to get mm-hmm. him help. You know, we just want to find him, make sure he's okay. We understand. We were stationed with him. We know how bad the conditions were and the things that happened. And, and we just want to mm-hmm. give him some guiding light and help. Okay. And and uh, just repeat one more time uh, his name and where you uh, where they said he was last seen. And uh, Nick, again about approaching him. Uh, his name is Nick. St. Vincent, and he was last seen in the downtown Portland area at a veteran's hospital getting treatment uh, for his legs. He's very paranoid. He thinks people are spying on him. They're coming to get him. And so, you know, if he seems out of character when you approach him, just call your local police department, and they can help him and get him into a mental facility and get him some medication. He needs to be taking medication that he's not currently okay. taking. Okay. Okay. And um, is is there anything else, uh, that, anything more that you would like to share? No, just 
help us find okay. our battle buddy. Let's bring him home. We brought so many people mm-hmm. home from the war, and, you know, this is on mm-hmm. our home front. A lot of us are here and home now, and we can get out there and mm-hmm. help. And, mm-hmm. and we, we well, should. There's a lot of veterans that need it. Right. Well, I will I will def, definitely let you know that I will share this on my Facebook pages. And um, I have a couple, so of friends that are in the, uh, a couple of friends that are in the Portland area, and I will tag them in there and asking them uh, to keep an eye out and, and so forth. Thank you so much. Um, but you are welcome. And, again, thank you for calling in. This, Like I said, this show, I, I did this special show tonight because I – I, I was on the you know in the the Facebook group, and I was just reading all the stories, and my heart was sinking. And I'm like, we got to we got to do every means necessary to keep our uh, you know battle buddies comrades uh, together. And when they go missing, we we got to find them because we just we, we can't be losing them like we've been losing so many lately. Mm. There's a lot. So and again, he- He's young. He's only 43 or 44. He's young, and he's got such a bright future, and he's so smart. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just the service has really, it takes a toll on a lot of people, and he really mm-hmm. definitely is one. We, we need to reach out and find him and help him. Okay, and we will do what, whatever we can. Whatever Thank you can. so much, and you have a wonderful evening. God bless all the other veterans that are listening, and God bless you. You're so amazing for sharing, okay, and thank you for sharing. And yeah, what well, again? And you have a wonderful night, okay? You too. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Well, as you all uh, heard, um, we got a call from Kayla. You know, she called in and. And she um, let us know about our missing uh, comrade Nick St. Vincent, uh, an Army veteran who is somewhere in the, well, he was last seen somewhere in the downtown Portland, Oregon area. And he's he's a high-risk veteran. Again, if you see him, do not approach him if well if you happen to approach him just offer him some food and drink to you know to buy him something to eat um but if you are hesitant about approaching him just call the police and and just let them know that you found him and they will come and they will take care of him from that point on but the but Nick's Unfortunately, Nick's story is not rare, and a lot of the homeless men and women on the street today are military veterans, and that's so sad. I know there are programs out there, but, you know, for Nick's sake, he has a mom who is just probably distraught right now, wondering where her son is. And as you as you heard on the call, he has army buddies that he was stationed with who are just beside themselves trying to find him. And we need to we veterans and families member family members of veterans, we need to continue to reach out and embrace one another and help each other get through these hard emotional and psychological times. And and I know it sounds like it's it's a huge burden or or a, a a huge problem. And it is a huge problem, but if we each can do just a little bit, just a little bit, we can all make a huge difference. We don't an individual doesn't have to take on the whole world. It's just a, a group of individuals who do it, who do their parts, can make such a huge difference. And again, if you are a veteran who is in need of help, if you are active duty, reserve, or guard, if you are a family member or a friend of a veteran, 
that that Veterans Crisis Line is available to you. You can go to VeteransCrisisLine.net and you can chat online if you don't want to call and talk to anyone. However, if you would like to talk with someone, that number is 800-273-8255. Now, to wrap up the little story that I shared with you uh, regarding Troy Petty Officer Troy Best, again, I, I, I can tell you for me, it's been a long long road, and I've seen the VA system transform for the better because, again, there were no facilities for women at the time I got into, I entered into the VA system, which was in 1992. I was not treated very well at the Charleston um, VA hospital. It was only when I moved back home to Kansas City, Missouri, and even then they did not have a women's clinic. I was assigned a male doctor, but there was a wonderful, wonderful Air Force nurse. She was retired, and her name is Cheryl Siegel. She's now a doctor, but she advocated on behalf of women veterans, and I worked with her, and I had shared with her my concern and what had happened to me when I got out of the Navy in Charleston. And within a three-year period, the Kansas City VA Hospital had a a women's-only clinic. And now I believe every VA in the United States has a women's veterans clinic. And so progress has happened. It continues to happen. We veterans have to advocate for what we need. I know it gets tiresome, but if you don't stand firm and advocate for what you need, the change will never happen. I was determined to get proper care. I still have a long ways to go, but I have groups like Veteran to Veterans Facebook group. I'm telling you, I I despised social media and I still don't care for it too much, I will get on Facebook every day now, not to just look at random posts, but to read and stay updated on what is going on with my fellow veterans. And that group, that wonderful group, is, you know, that wonderful group has saved so many people and they those veterans and family members have made it very clear that the veterans to veterans group has been a wonderful wonderful uh, means of support for them and I believe I wanted to give a shout-out to the admin or the creator of the group. I'll do that next time. I don't want to take up too much time because we're coming to the end of the show. But if you want to check out the group, you can search for it on Facebook. It's Veteran 2, that's the number 2, Veteran. If you type in Veteran to Veteran, you will find the group. It's a wonderful group. It's a private group. It's only for veterans and their family members. Um, It's also for active duty veterans, veterans, active duty reservists, guards, and I believe their family members as well. So thank you for taking time to listen tonight, to tune in. 
if you are a veteran, if you're a family member of a veteran, if you are a friend of a veteran, please chime in. Send me an email. Go to Facebook, and you can look me up. You can just type in Let's Just Talk Radio on Facebook, and you will find my Facebook page. Also, if you type in Clarissa Burton, uh, you will find my page. And also, if you type in Queen of the Pen, you will find me. So I'm out there. But if you type in Let's Just Talk Radio, you can uh, send me a message and let me know if you would like to share your stories on Veteran Talk. I'm going to reserve Sunday nights for just Veteran Talk. And I do hope that for those of you who are suffering in silence, those veterans who are suffering in silence, those family members who are suffering in silence, active duty, reservists, and guard, if you're suffering in silence, you don't have to. Please reach out. Please, please, please. I don't don't want to lose another one of you. We don't want to lose another one of our comrades. We just don't want to go through that. I want to send up, you know, kudos and blessings to my friend Andre Bowie who decided this life to bear. So, little brother, I want to say I miss you. I miss talking to you. But you're with a few of the battle buddies who decided that this world was just too much. Keep each other close, you know, um, talk to each other, support each other, because we all will see each other again. And for those who tuned in to Let's Just Talk Radio Veterans Talk, thank you again, and hopefully we'll meet again this time next week.